Hello and welcome back to the CMLTA podcast. The CMLTA has been holding webinars on good character and how it relates to professional conduct over the last few months. So today we are also doing a podcast on the topic for those who may have not been able to attend. Before we get started, it is important to remember that the information in the podcast is only applicable to current legislation, standards, codes of ethics, policies, and guidelines, all of which may change over time. To help us understand good character, we have the CMLTA Registrar, Maggie Fulford, with us to answer some questions on the topic. Thank you so much for joining me today, Maggie. Would you be able to start off the conversation by telling us what good character is and how it relates to the CMLTA registration process? Thank you so much for having me, Kirsten. The Health Professions Act sets out having good character as a requirement for registration for all health professionals in Alberta. So when an individual applies for registration, they must demonstrate that they have good character before we register them. It is believed that an applicant's past and present conduct provides reasonable grounds that that applicant will provide service to the public that are ethical and will follow the CMLTA standards of practice and codes of ethics. It is a way to gauge whether the applicant will display appropriate professional attitudes towards the public and their colleagues. It is also essential in maintaining the integrity of the profession. If members are not acting ethically, it reflects poorly on the whole profession. One challenging aspect of determining good character is that it is not defined in the legislation. Some things we consider when determining good character are, does the individual have a history of problems with other regulators? Has the individual been charged with any criminal offense? Does the individual have a history of acting dishonestly? The CMLTA determines good character by requiring applicants to submit criminal records and letters of good standing from previous regulatory bodies that show whether or not there has been a history of complaints. So if someone has displayed a lack of good character in the past, does that automatically mean they will be denied registration with the CMLTA? The registrar has the ability to make the registration decisions and often considers many factors such as how long it's been since the action that displayed a lack of good character was, if there were steps taken to remediate those actions, and if the behavior is related to professional duties of medical laboratory technologists. An individual may still be able to register with the CMLTA if they can demonstrate that their past behavior is not representative of their current behavior. If an individual is denied registration based on a display of lack of character, They also have the opportunity to appeal that decision. Anyone denied registration by the CMLTA will always have the opportunity to appeal as required by the Health Professions Act. Thank you so much for that information, Maggie. Are there also requirements for good character after registration or does it only apply during the registration process? Although the Health Professions Act only mentions good character as a requirement for registration, the same principle used to determine good character are also weaved into the standards of practice and our code of ethics. Some of these include respecting client confidentiality, treating everyone in all professional interactions with dignity and respect, and acting with honesty and truthfulness. If any of the standards of practice or code of ethics are breached, the individual may be subject to disciplinary action for unprofessional conduct. 
The renewal application also has a declaration built in to ensure MLTs maintain their good character. Although we don't typically use the language of good character after the application process, there are ways to ensure it is maintained throughout an MLT's career. I know you touched on how the concept of good character is woven into the standards and codes. Are these common complaints of unprofessional conduct that the CMLTA receives? Yes, we have received many complaints related to unethical behavior, and in fact, two-thirds of our complaints are related to unethical behavior in the labs, including a third of the complaints received relating to breach of patient confidentiality. Wow, that is a large majority of our complaints being received in this area. I'm sure a lot of our MLTs out there are wondering exactly what these complaints of unprofessional conduct have been, and Maggie has been kind enough to provide us with a few scenarios to go over. These scenarios are all fictional, but based on actual complaints that have been received, so they are a great tool to go over to ensure other MLTs don't make the same mistakes. I'm going to read the scenarios, and then Maggie, if you could give us some information on the standards and code breaches, that would be great. So our first scenario is on August 22nd, 2018, the College of Medical Laboratory Technologists of Alberta received a privacy breach report from Jane Doe stating, on August 19th, 2018, between 1230 and 1310, MLTA, who was on leave at the time, and MLTB gained access to the clinic with keys and access to the electronic medical records database using MLTB's access code. Medical records were accessed and may have been printed. On August 20th, 2018, MLTA was still on leave but visited the clinic during office hours and may have accessed several electronic medical records with MLTB's access codes. On August 21st and 22nd, 2018, while still an employee of the clinic, MLTA accessed and may have printed electronic medical records of family members and friends. The information in the client's electronic medical record includes the name, personal health number, and contact details of patients who received health services and diagnostic treatment and care information about the health services provided. Neither MLTA nor B provided service to the patients whose records had been accessed. So Kirsten, this is an example of unprofessional practice and is a breach of confidentiality. It is important to remember that person's health information is their information. When it has been breached, that person must be informed and the custodians, who is the organization, can face fines. For MLTs, this activity is a breach of both standards and codes, standards 1.1, 1.2, and 1.3. These have all been breached, which are related to privacy legislation and protecting client confidentiality. It's also a breach of Code of Ethic Principle 1D, respecting a client's right to privacy and confidentiality. Sanctions from the complaint process can range from reprimand, education, fines, suspension of the practice permit, or termination of your practice permit. And this this list is not all-inclusive. The second scenario we have is, on March 21st, 2021, the College of Medical Laboratory Technologists of Alberta received a complaint from Jane Doe stating, On March 1st, 2021, MLTA called in sick with the flu. This is not the first incident where she called in sick, so we asked for a physician's note. On March 4th, 2021, a colleague found the post of MLTA's Facebook page with pictures dated March 1st, 2021, where MLTA was skiing. Along with the scenario, a prescription note signed by a Dr. Smith for the day in question was provided, 
and when queried, the medical office noted on the prescription indicated that what was submitted was not their prescription pad, nor did they have a doctor named Dr. Smith. So this is an example of unprofessional conduct. It breaches standard 1.3, displaying behavior and sound judgment, and code of ethics principle 2B, de- demonstrating honesty and truthfulness, and 3B, maintaining a level of personal conduct that upholds the integrity of the profession. And last but not least, scenario three is on March 21st, 2021, the College of Medical Laboratory Technologists of Alberta received a complaint from MLTA stating, MLTB has been playing practical jokes at work that are unprofessional and poorly reflect on the profession. On November 15th, 2021, MLTB took my glasses from my stations and placed them into the fridge. This action caused me to search the laboratory for 15 minutes, which delayed patient testing. On another occasion, he told people in the office that I was pregnant, but told them not to mention it to me yet. People approached me with this false news, resulting in awkward conversations and relationships. Other personal belongings have gone missing from the lunchroom, and I feel MLTB is responsible for that action. I did report this to my employer. However, MLTB began screaming at me in the lab and pushing me into the table. MLTB told my colleagues that I was incompetent and would report anything I did. As a result, I was isolated at work, and people would whisper as I walked by and avoid me. This is again an example of unprofessional conduct. It's a breach of Standard 3.1, which states that an MLT must communicate and collaborate effectively, and Standard 3.2, where an MLT is required to exhibit leadership within a professional and broader healthcare provider community. It also breaches the Codes of Ethics Principle 1E, Collaboration Principle 2G, and I, displaying the integrity and respect and adhering to professionalism in all forms of communication, and Principle 3 A and B, maintaining a level of personal conduct that upholds the integrity of a profession and the trust of the public and taking responsibility and accounting accountability for professional actions. These types of behaviors can impact not only patient care, but can also affect the professional integrity. Professional integrity measures the degree in which your professional reputation and credibility remains intact. Anything that potentially reduces a professional person's reputation in the eyes of another undermines your professional standing and the profession itself. I'd like to take this time to thank our MLTs for adhering to our standards of practice and code of ethics. It certainly makes my job easier. I also just want to remind everybody that the mandate of the college is to ensure that Albertans receive competent and ethical medical laboratory technology services. We do this by ensuring people who are registered with us meet a certain level of education, that they engage in a continuing competence program, and that they maintain our standards and our codes, and if not, they're disciplined by members of of the profession. It's also important to remember that what... The Health Profession Act does is ensures that anybody using the title medical laboratory technologist has complied with the educational requirements and this competency program and our standards of practice and codes of ethics. This is important. No one else is able to use your title. MLTs play an important role in the healthcare system. You provide the foundations for diagnosis and treatment. And as a mother who had a terribly sick child, It was the lab who determined what was affecting her and, in fact, dictated what was wrong with her and told the doctors how to treat them. Your role is important, and I thank each and every one of you for the important work you do.
Thank you so much again for that, Maggie, and for joining us today. And if you have any questions on this topic for Maggie, please feel free to contact us at cmlta at cmlta.org. Thank you again for tuning in.